Welcome to Crowding the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. Yeah, here we are. We are at the end of Fail Franchise for 2023. It is, I say 2023 because we'll probably do it again next year because there's a lot sure. of these. <laughs> there are a lot of movies that, uh, yeah, man, that, that went down this road. Like I said, this one's the catalyst of of it all, and you had uh, you had mentioned it briefly here and there, but never really revealed what the movie was. But here it is: it is Van Helsing from 2004. Stephen Sommers coming back to Universal Monsterland after doing Mummy and Mummy Returns. Yeah, man. I mean, this should have fucked. This movie should have smashed it out of the park. <laughs> it should have. <laughs> I mean, good lord. Was yeah. it so bad that he had to leave Universal and go to Paramount to do G.I. Joe? Is that what happened? I don't know. I don't know, man. He came up with the idea for Van Helsing while he was vacationing after they wrapped Mummy Returns. The one something I, I, that caught my eye that I never noticed before, again, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but when you get to his closing slate at the end dedicated. of the movie before the, the crawl, dedication, dedicated was dad. Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering if you know, like it is with our dads, like the, these, these were the universal monster movies or things that we watch with our, with our fathers. I'm sure it has something to do with it, but I've, I'm wondering if that's why there is so much going on in this movie and maybe there's too much going on. Well, it's like they jammed all of them. You know, the only thing missing was the invisible man. <laughs> oh, no, no. And the creature. And that's the thing, too. I was going through the trivia. They were going to put the gill man in at one point yes. in, when they were in the cave. And he decided not to. He thought it was too much. I'm like, that's what made you think there was too much? <laughs> that? That's during the river sequence? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, this movie opens up so fucking ballsy and so hard. And I wish the tone of this opening scene followed suit for the rest of the way because I don't think it does. I think it's a different kind of movie after that. I'm not saying it's a bad movie after that. I'm just saying it's very different. Yeah, it's weird, right? It's like it feels like it feels like somebody somebody else direct or I'm not saying that it wasn't Summers, but it feels like two different voices. Somebody directed the teaser, the opening, the cold right. open, if you will, with and with, you know, the awesome late great Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> Yes, voicing, voicing, uh, Doctor Mr. Jack, Hyde, uh, Mr. Yes. Hyde in this case, because we yes, never he's, hear. He's it. already <laughs> changed. <laughs> yeah, we when he when he dies and turns back to Jekyll, we never actually hear the guy's voice, except for when he's screaming as he's falling to his death. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, man, the opening of this movie is fucking bananas, and it's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember I saw this in a on a big screen. I saw it. I saw it in a theater in two thousand four. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I mean, I enjoy the shit out of it for, you know, probably all the reasons that I probably now I'm like, oh, well, that's a problem. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't think this movie's as awful as people. There's, I know people who just despise this movie, but I don't think it's that bad. I think it's super fun. Uh, but again, they just went too far. It's, you know, it's one of those kitchen sink movies where they just right. throw everything at it. And, yep. you know. Except the Gill Man, apparently. <laughs> Ironically, throughout the years of the people talking about doing Creature from the Black Lagoon remake, you know, Del Toro was mentioned, but a whole bunch of other names. But Summers was also included in that conversation. And Rob Zombie, I think. Probably. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, there was a point, I remember Rob, I think when we were on Thousand Corpses, um, there was chatter about, you know, that happening. And I was like, wow, what would that be like? <laughs> We talked about Monster Squad. I think it might, it might have been like a Kickstarter or something like that. I, yep. 
I said I don't like it. <laughs> you see, you don't like it, but we both agree anymore. Yeah, we both agreed that the choices made with, by uh, Winston and his team with the creature designs, because he, he couldn't get permission from Universal, were, were quite good and unique and really fun and really still, even though they look nothing like what we were used to from the old black and white Universal movies. They still worked in a lot of ways. I don't yeah. feel that way with this, with the one exception, and that's Frankenstein's monster. I think that design and its execution is so fucking good. Yeah, man, totally. And I really think that Schiller Hensley, who is the who is the performer there, I think he really makes the part. Even he sells everything about it, and it, that's why it works so well. But he was heavily involved in this. I mean, he was the the stand-in on set for Hyde at the beginning of the movie. So he was running around with this <laughs> with this stick with a giant head, uh, cardboard head stapled to the back of his head. So when he's having his moments with, with Hugh in the opening of the movie, he wasn't falling a, a, a tennis ball around. There was actually somebody on set doing right. his thing. And Schuller's not a small guy. So, no, it, yeah, I thought it was something. Let me add something else to that whole opening, too. That character, that CG character, is very much like something you were seeing in the Harry Potter movies around that time, you know, very yep. fantastical looking, not quite human looking. Is it just me, or was Hyde modeled after Andre the Giant? It, it looks a little bit. I, I would say that you're not wrong. I mean, yeah. um, especially after just watching it today, and I was like, and especially after having already had that sort of conversation about, you know, the tone of the movie, because, right. you know, that beginning. Um, but yeah, I'd say that they definitely um, took Andre in mind when they uh, when they did Hyde. But we, I mean, that that whole thing, I mean, th they're running through practical sets, too, which is the crazy part, right? Like, right. Th those are some pretty specific and they're pretty big builds. Right. You know, that's that's one of the things that, you know, this that still holds up in this movie are the are all the practical builds. And and the practical makeup because there's there's some good practical makeup stuff in it. It's really yeah. just the CGI that kind of hurts this movie. Uh, dude. I, I would imagine the mummy. I haven't seen the mummy in years, but I would imagine I'd feel the same way about the mummy, like the CGI in the mummy. With this though, and it gets, it goes beyond just the CG in this. With, with the, because oh, yeah. when, you're, when you're watching the BTS, there are some fucking amazing, amazing miniatures. Both castles are miniatures. The windmills miniature. There's a forest when they're running along the cliff. That's all miniature. The cliffism is part of the miniature too. It's not mm -hmm. CG, but it's the grading of the movie because ever since fucking Matrix came out, everybody's got these weird grading choices and it looks fake. It doesn't look miniature. And that's what sucks. It's like... It's funny you say Matrix because when I was watching it, I was like, God, why do they color it like Underworld? <laughs> right. And I think it's because Beckinsale, like, that's just my go-to right there. Like, I right. see Kate Beckinsale, and I'm like, yep, looks like Underworld. But, but yeah, did, it, it started but with the that. Matrix. Right, because it, it was either, well, Matrix was, was always that, had that the green tint to it. Right. But it still made everybody go, what about blue? And then, and then it was fucking blue all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of blue in this movie, which is yeah. totally, you know, I was laughing at one point. I was like, God, dude, could they just pump any more blue light into this? Could they just turn that blue up in the grade? Because it literally, like you said, you cannot, you can't, you don't even see the sets. It's so, right. yeah, it's it's a shame, man, because there's some really fine, uh, those those BTS, that, I gotta say, dude, that, you know, 
for whatever I paid for that disc when I bought mm-hmm. it. I think I bought, I think it was like five, I think it was a $5 disc. That's Amazon. what I paid. Yeah. I think I bought it because, uh, I wanted to look at all. Oh, I, I bought it. When I, I bought it because I wanted to look at all the miniature stuff, the BTS, because uh, it's got all that great stuff on it. And it's one of those weird earlier Blu-rays uh-huh. <laughs> with the BD Live and all that shit on it. <laughs> I still do not, to this day, know what kind of special crack they were smoking at Universal yeah. when it came to mastering their Blu-rays. It's the when you try to navigate them, they, yeah, don't, they don't react to the same buttons that every other fucking Blu-ray does. It's just, Mm-mm. I'm so glad they jettisoned that whole thing because it was terrible. I mean, here's the thing. It's nice looking. It, it looks cool, but the interface sucks. <laughs> so It's uh, so unintuitive. Right. It's like having a Corvair. Yeah. <laughs> Corvair. Oh, shit. And one of the things out of at that time, every single Blu-ray that came out a BD Live component, but nothing BD Live like it was with Universal. No. And in your text to me last night going, it was fucking BD Live. It just keeps interrupting my movie. I was like, what the fuck is going on here, man? This shit's 20 years old. What is it, what is it doing? Until I got my, uh, my Universal Blu-ray player where, you know, where it's non-region. I, I would always play up my PS3 and my PS4. And then after that's when I got my my uh, my all region. I, I was able to turn off the BD Live inside the software. And it's a little, yes. more, it's a little more cumbersome on most Blu-ray players, but on the gaming systems, it was super easy. But yeah, that shit. I, <laughs> with me, it was Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, and the BD Live came on all the time. Now, here's what's thing is so fucking funny about it. The technology was always pimped as this. Hey, you know what? You you can connect to the outside world and see stuff just exclusively by, you know, you know, here's the thing. How was our internet in 2008? 2009? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my my thing was like, well, what are they going to do? They're going to show me like, this is where the set was. And I'm just going to be looking at a, you know, a building Dude. now or like, you know, a parking lot. Most of the time you got a postage stamped SD trailer for some movie that was coming out soon. Right. It was the studio's way of saving space on the discs so that they didn't have to put trailers on. And that's why you start seeing trailers on things because this BD Live thing was supposed to be that component that got you to those trailers and not take up space on the actual disc. But that was all before they got bigger and, and dual layer disc became 50 gigs and all that stuff. But yeah. I mean, this, the disc still looks good. I mean, the movie looks good. Yeah. I mean, I know they just put out a 4K version of it, but I can't imagine that. Mm-hmm. Like what we did, what we, what we, what we're just talking about is like, I, I can't imagine that 4K is going to help it any because of the grade and I mean, of the way the movie, just the way the movie looks. I oh, mean, well, yeah. I don't know what they're going to be able to do. They're, they can't fix that now. So, yeah, it is what it is. Here's the thing this is a 2007 or 2008 Blu ray, somewhere maybe around there. Somewhere like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the tough thing. So Josie Marin plays Mariska, one of the vampire brides, right? Who's stunning. All three of them are just like, just like it wasn't Bram Stoker's. They're all yeah. just, they're, they're exactly what you, how they're, they're written. exactly as they're written in the Stoker novel. Yeah. And it's just like, they are enticing, they're sexual, they're, they just do everything they can to lure you. And that's the whole point of them. And yeah, Mariska is something else, but there's a close up of her. Now, when this movie was made and when they shot it, 
they still really haven't dealt with HD and how HD was going to look. Because at that time, there was no HD DVD wasn't even out yet. They, they haven't right. done anything. And they were still shooting on film. Right. What it, how did it look? Well, guess what? It was so good. That film looked so good. And the reproduction on Blu-ray was so good. I could see the line on her wig. Yeah. On her forehead. Dude. There, I, I took a screen grab when uh, when they shoot, uh, when he's shooting the crossbow. When right, the two two of the two girls are inside, you know, kicking the shit out of Kate Beckinsale, and the right. third is outside, you know, Ariel attacking everyone, and 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 Hugh or Van Helsing is firing off his Gatling gun uh, crossbow, <laughs> and uh, she fucking falls back against the dome. Right, and I snapped right. a shot. You can literally see. I mean, it's. Because it's all CGI at that point, right? That's just a, right. that's a CGI image of the actress. But you can see it. You can see holes in her. <laughs> it's so weird. Because yeah. it, I mean, it's happening quick. But when when you stop it, at the, you know, I stopped it at the right moment. I, I'll send you the picture. But literally, you can see you can see holes in this. You know, in the <laughs> in the creature. So it's yeah, it's weird, man. I was like, whoa. Yeah, we talked about this with other werewolf movies. We talked about it with Silver Bullet briefly. Um, we did the commentary. We talked about it a lot on that on the, that three and a half hour extravaganza. That sure, did. that thing, that, that thing. old thing. <laughs> this is two thousand three. We're a lot of years after the practical makeup that just broke the mold with American Werewolf in London and the Howling. The, even like Dog Soldiers, same thing. You know, you you have those kinds of movies like that where it's all practical, and you go, "Oh, gee." The problem with this movie is. Uh. Uh, none of it's practical. None of it's practical. And they haven't figured out hair yet. 2004, they haven't figured nope. out the hair yet. They just mm -mm. haven't. Yeah, you want to make dinosaurs? Fucking rock and roll. You don't have hair to deal with. <laughs> it's so, it looks like a Scooby-Doo werewolf. It does. Like uh, when, when the gypsy brother, like when her brother, like when the first time you see him, you know, when Dracula's slapping him around and he falls down inside the castle and he, he slowly changes back. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> you know, and I love when uh, later on when Van Helsing, you know, when he's him and Dracula are slapping around at the end, the moon comes and he literally turns back to, Hume, to Van Helsing and he's got Dracula by the neck and he's wearing pants. Like he's, he's got that, he's got that old fucking, he has the, the ripped up, you know, pants. Like I was like, God, what a bad call, dude. He should just be naked. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, I mean, okay, it, that's okay. And I know this movie's PG 13, but still, but if you're going to have the vampire brides frying on naked, show yes, me something. Correct. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, Oh, I need to see boobies. You have them naked. You're selling, you're selling nudity the whole time, but there really isn't any. Right. And that, I mean, I understand why, but come on. <laughs> well, it just, it was, it's so hilarious. I mean, it's just funny because, you know, when you're seeing the wolf fight, the, there's no pants on that wolf. Right. I mean, when, cause he's standing on his back legs and they're going at it and it's like, you know, I'm like, also there's no wolf balls on him either. So, you know. <laughs> he gets neutered when he changes. I, I guess. I don't know, man. How does it work? I, I Tell me how it works. That's why werewolf is so angry. <laughs> Where my balls? But dude, okay, all that crazy stuff. Jackman is great as Van Helsing. I mean, I really, I, I okay. really, yeah. This could have been like a signature role for him. Like this could have been, you know, this and Wolverine, know. dude. He could have just back and forth it. I would have rather have him done a whole series of these than all those 
you know, the Wolverine Origins we just talked about during, fuck, what was it? We were talking about during uh, Green Lantern, we talked about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. He, he, okay, first of all, fucking Hugh's having a fucking blast. You could just, you know, he, yeah, he's having totally. a good time. And I think everybody's really having a good time. And I, I just think it's suffering. If you made this movie today with, with the ambitions that they have, it's, sure. it's fucking light years better. It's just because oh, the yeah. technology's improved by 20 years. Yeah, I mean, they're going, and this is what this movie, like I think I said this during the Green Lantern thing too. This movie goes for it in every right. fucking possible way. Like, right. storyline? Oh, dude, check this out. Yeah, no, the Vatican, it's like a fucking James Bond fucking factory. Yeah. <laughs> no, come down to the weapon. Come and meet Q. Come and meet Carl. Yeah, you know, I mean, dude, when they're in that room, and I literally, I was waiting for like Q to walk out, you right. know, as one of the old monks. But I guess he was probably, you know, he'd probably passed away at that point. But, you know, I'm like, oh, here's a cameo if there ever was one. <laughs> you know, David Wenham p- plays Carl, uh, yeah. Van Helsing's psychic. And I, and I get a kick out of Wenham. I think he's, I think he's really fun in this. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's a role you could really be like really annoying and bad, but it's not. No. I, I don't, I didn't think. No, it's definitely a fine line kind of, per- it, here's the thing. It's written where the performance yes. could change your opinion Correct. about it. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's the writing, dude. So like, it, you know, it's a very fine line. But I I thought he was good. He was engaging. I, you know, when he wasn't on screen, I kind of missed him. I did. I wasn't like, God, I don't hope that guy doesn't come back. <laughs> but unlike Igor, <laughs> Kevin J O'Connor, who is uh, a Somers um, alumni from everything, <laughs> yeah, from everything he's ever done, Deep Rising, and like, yeah. like, like you know him. Like, if anything, since we're already talking about the Mummy movies, he played. <laughs> Right, Jesus Christ, dude! In the in the Mummy movies, he plays uh, he plays Benny. Well, the first movie because he dies yep. from the Beatles, but right. And I've always loved his character name in Deep Rising. It was uh, Joey Pantucci. Yeah. Like, okay, what was I mean? What's, what's that, that character name really? Who are you alluding to? Who are you who are you trying to say he's supposed to be? Do you think they're trying to say he's Joey Pants? Nah, not at all. No, not at why all. would they? I think O'Connor's cool, but I can't get past his. Is Rocky Denton like <laughs> subspecies makeup, dude? It's oh yeah, well it's, yes, dude. Right, it, well it's 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 not him. It's uh, I just yeah. Here's the thing, we talked a, a, a little bit like the the creatures and you know etc. Igor is the same way. Like I just you know I just didn't like the way they went with Igor. Like no. He was distracting. I mean, the first thing I thought about is he looked like Bill Mosley from fucking Texas Chainsaw 2, right? Right. I was waiting for him to start picking his scalp, you know, when the fire was happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a misfire. That being said, he's not in the movie enough to ruin it. But the weird thing is he's inconsistent. He's totally inconsistent. Right. It's weird. And he's got one-liners. What the fuck, man? Yeah, and they just don't work. They kind of they're, they're no. kind of flatline. <laughs> you know, it's like Dracula. Look, here's the thing. The guy, you know, Richard Roxburgh playing Dracula, he doesn't need he's he's cracking his own one-liners. So yes. I don't need his don't performance need, is one giant one line. <laughs> good on. Lord, dude. I kept thinking, God, dude, if you took Pacino. and Gabriel Byrne and you smashed them together, you'd get Richard <laughs> Roxburgh. Weird, weirdly distracting. Some of his line deliveries don't bother me, but then there's other times that I just am like, like the the last ten minutes of the movie, which we we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll get there eventually. <laughs> he, I, what the thing that I hate the most is early on he leans in, 
And I think he's talking to Beckinsale and he has a big ass fucking hoop earring. And I just fucking wanted to rip it out of his ear. I was like, was that, no. during, was that during the ball scene? No, before that. The it was gala. early. It was early on when she's there the first time when the brides bring her back. Okay. It, it's before Van Helsing and Carl rescue her. Oh, okay. But he leans in and dude, it's a big dirty. Look, he looks like it's the kind that every every background guy in Pirates of the Caribbean was wearing. <laughs> And I'm like, man, first of all, Dracula doesn't wear fucking hoop earrings, dude. I'm sorry. Uh, he's yeah, whatever you can say that. He, yeah. Vladislaw Dracula <laughs> was a gypsy. Whatever. What are you trying to say? You know, it, I mean, <laughs> the story's convoluted too. that whole gypsy thing. Dude, it kind of lost me. Why is that even there? I don't know. Again, kitchen sink. So, <laughs> so Dracula is talking about his, his hair, dude. Do they just like go, hey, you know that moment where Vince in Vegas got his hair in a pull back in a ponytail when he's on his date with Mia Wallace? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, that's the look I want here. It, I, I don't know, man. It just, uh, I think all the costuming is wonderful and, yeah. and makeup choices are wonderful, except for him. I don't know what it is about it. It just throws me off. I don't. He's dressed kind of like a pirate. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he really is. He, I mean, it's kind of he's kind of he's kind of dressed like Jack Sparrow. That's yeah. how, you know what I mean? It's there's a little bit of that going on, which I probably didn't. I didn't think about it until we started talking. But I mean, pirates came out like while this movie was filming. I think, right? You know, pirates became a thing. So I don't know. Maybe they leaned a little too much into like he's supposed to be a gypsy as well, like Beckinsale and her brother. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. There's some beautiful set pieces like that. Yeah. The ball, the ballroom shit. That that thing is amazing. It's cool. Yeah. Even the goofy, even the goofy dance is. You know, I'm, I'm into all of it. <laughs> right. There's too much weird, like you know, his one liners. There's too many one liners. Right. While they're dancing, like stop it, just dance. What is that? Just get to the action. The one liners. You know, Hugh, Hugh Jackman has plenty of one liners as Wolverine, and then, mm-hmm. you know they're hit and miss. But like he doesn't have any of this. Everybody else has them. Nope. Even Kate Beckinsale's got them. Um, what's the line? Oh, oh, they they flat out stole a line from Die Hard about when Mariska is like just going on and on about how I'm gonna live forever. I'm gonna look so youthful because I'm gonna suck all your blood. And then she and Kate kills her, and it goes next time stop yapping about it and just fucking oh, kill yeah, somebody. Totally. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? And it's almost word for word from Die Hard too. It's just a hey, surprising. So everybody fits in to their part really well. And there is one exception and that's Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. It's weird, man. Like, I don't know. I mean, is it just that she's too pretty? Is it, is it's just so distracting? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Because the three, the other three girls, I think the, the three um, brides of Dracula, dude, I have mm-hmm. no problem with that. I mean, they, right. they, they're, dude, it's seamless. She just is kind of distracting. And I don't know if it's because she's Kate Beckinsale and she was hot off those, um, the first two Underworld movies. And, you know, and, and that's all I could see. I mean, it, it was more watching it now more than when I saw it, at the, you know, when I saw it 20 years ago. Right. It bugged me. Like, she kind of, like, takes me out of the movie, <laughs> weirdly enough. It's not any one thing. I'm just not sure what it is. The makeup is a little bit much. I mean, that dark red lipstick because it's Kate Beckinsale and she's such a, a beautiful person, they stay really tight on her face a lot. And all it does is bring attention to those 
those chompers. Pearly whites, the pearly whites. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, man, but if you live in Romania, whatever year this is, I don't yeah, know well, if your teeth are going to look that good. Nobody else's teeth are. Uh, everybody <laughs> else's teeth are, you know, kind of yellow and dirt stained and missing. If they have a whole th- a mouth of teeth still. That's what I'm saying. That's missing, <laughs> missing teeth. <laughs> oh, I yeah. No, you dropped out. I didn't hear you because oh. you dropped out on my side. Yeah, I said yellow, dirt stained and missing teeth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that could be part of it. A big part of it. Yeah. I mean, look, cause I, we're not the least bit bothered because, look, Hugh Jackman's a handsome dude. There's no nothing says no. In, the, in, in the books that Van Helsing is some handsome dude. Nope. But he's the hero. It's a movie. You got to sell that kind of thing. And I think one of those things that bother me most about Kate's character is like going, is she constantly fucking, can she just like jump down from something without flipping? <laughs> like when she's going from the castle window down to the bridge to help yep. Carl. And I'm like, why does she have to flip to go to the next the next rope or chain or whatever? <laughs> it's yeah, just, I know it's it too was, much. It, yeah, there was uh, there's definitely some uh, a lot of you know what she did in Underworld. Man, people love that shit. Let's do it. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah, maybe too. I mean, she was because isn't that her th- isn't that her move? Like the first time we see her in Underworld, right? Off, well, yeah, yeah. When, she, dock, when she, she's she lands, her. yeah, and, she lands like every, everybody style. in a Marvel movie. Yes. Before the Marvel, before Marvel, correct? Yeah. In leather, in leather pants and a trench coat. <laughs> yeah, but she looked hot doing this. She looked silly. I don't know. Man. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's it's just one of those things that yeah. like um, I don't know. I've, I'll say though, if she's not doing all that silly shit, and maybe it's a different performer. Even though I said there's a lot of things going on, those you can't help that. That's not the fault of any performer that that the Summers decided to put so much crap in his movie. But a different performer wouldn't have been as distracting for me because, like I said, even though Igor's got makeup that I don't, I'm not particularly fond of, the performer's fine underneath. So everybody's good in it, and Kate well, is fine in it. It's just yeah. she's her looks are distracting. I you mean, know what's funny? I was watching it and I was thinking, man, why isn't Rachel Weiss in this movie? Just because she had been to both Mummy movies. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess maybe she was like, I don't want to get typecast as that part. I don't know. Who well, knows? I mean, because it wouldn't have fit time-wise. Sure. Yeah. I mean, what's she doing? I don't What was she doing at the time? Oh, I just meant like, because the Mummy movies take place in the 20s. Oh, no, no. I don't mean her being the same character. Oh. I'm just saying. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, at that time, there's, there's, I mean, there's a whole, Kate Winslet, Winslet would have been better in this part. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, but you, but, but you wouldn't expect her to be dancing around and flipping off fucking rocks all the time. Uh, nah, no, no, <laughs> probably not. Uh, you know, there's a lot of that going on. There, there's some good dialogue in this movie, and then there's some, yeah. you know, the, the one-liners, it's, there's too many people doing one-liners, you know, yeah. from, you know, it's like, come on, man. Would this technically have been the start of their dark universe reboot? No. Or is the mummy? No, this is all supposed to be kind of like in, I guess, if you want to call it Summersland, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was all tied to that kind of vibe. That's why there's no mummy. Yeah, in. gotcha. I was waiting for at one point, I was like at the end, I was waiting for, you know, when they're when they're back outside and he looks up into the sky and sees her face, which I almost, I was like, okay. Dude, that <laughs> now whole- you've ruined it. But I was waiting for the Skull Island ending <laughs> from Deep Rising. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it's like the in, yeah, the, this that's what's so great about the Skull Island ending of, of that is it's fucking perfect. It's like out of yeah. the frying pan kind of thing. But this, it was just kind of it was super cheesy, and you could barely make out what it is that he's actually seeing. 
it's not even really that clean. I mean, yeah, I know who it is and it's some other, and it's her family and you're seeing, I'm assuming it's her, her family. It reminded me of Robin Williams from Baron Munchausen. <laughs> okay. I don't At know why. Can, but you can see that better. With this, you couldn't see shit. It's really hard to see it. Um, and what are you smiling about? <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> oh, right. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he's smiling. She's smiling. I'm like, why did they go? Why did they, why did they have to go out on a happy ending like this? I mean, the movie, you know, come on. Dark ending. Yeah. Is this the dark beginning of Dark Universe? No, but you can tell that this is the catalyst for that idea and where it spawned from. We we talked about when we covered the Mummy, the 2017 Mummy, and what a wonderful setup it was going to be with Russell Crowe playing Hyde and how all that would have been like one person overseeing this. And that's kind of what Van Helsing's like in this. He's supposed to be his one yeah. monster hunter working for the Vatican that does all these things. So it's a not unlike that setup they were going for with the Dark Universe. It's, but the whole time I'm watching this going, fuck, man. <laughs> it just, and again, maybe it bummed me out because of what could have been uh, with that series. Universal always comes back to this. This is their bread and butter, these monsters, the, the Universal monsters. that no, But like I noted earlier about the, I mean, the Monster Squad thing with them not getting the rights to Universal. Well, Universal's got the rights for their looks and everything like that. So why didn't, why is it a werewolf and not a, a wolf man? You know what I mean? Why, why are these, is it these, because that's the thing too. There is no werewolf. Nope. Universal monsters, a wolf man. It's so it's, I. Plus what, that would explain the pants, I guess. Yeah, maybe so. I, I don't know, but it doesn't look, it looks like, like a wolf man. It doesn't look like a wolf man. It looks like no. a wolf yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we, we kind of touched on it briefly. The Frankenstein's monster is one of those makeup jobs that incorporates the physical makeup, you know, the practical makeup, but then they do a little CG something up in his brain. And I thought that was so effective and it's so hard to track that stuff too, but it looks so good. The little electrode, sometimes you just see his brain within some kind of green goo. And it's like, I thought that was really well done because it never looks phony. It always looks real. And I thought it was legit. I thought it was. I thought it was practical, and it was on there. But when you watch the BTS, you see the VF, VFX layers, and you're like, "Oh shit, that that was CG. That's incredible tracking." The tracking, uh, CG tracking in this is special, and not for that, but for the Vampire Brides. Yep, I'm not a fan of how the Vampire Brides look when they're in flight. They look like ghosts. The, it's yeah, it suffers from well, 2004. That's what it suffers from. Yeah, no, that's what I, that's what I texted you earlier. This movie just the worst thing about it is it was made in 2002, 2004, whenever it was <laughs> yeah, made. Right. I mean, that's what hurts the movie the most. Yeah. And again, to be fair, you can't you know in 2023 say yeah the movie's great except for it was made in 2000. You know, it sucks because the, because you know at the time it's hard to go back and say in my what what did my 20 my 2004 mind think of all the CGI then. I mean, I, I've never been a big fan of CGI because it always, right. you know, can't lie to the eye, right? You're, right. I, you're looking at real shit all day long. So when you see CGI, you know you're looking at computer-generated images. <laughs> we talked about these incredible sets. And, and when you watch the BTS, you see these sets are so, the production massive. design is fucking dope. It's so good. But... To really see what it is, you gotta watch the BTS because yeah, totally. the movie's so clouded with with a color grading and, and some other visual choices that just degradate with the work that was built by 
the design and, and, and the builds that were done. It, I just, it's, it's, a, it's a bummer. But that's what I get. The BTS is great. It's so cool because you can see how cool it looked. Oh, yeah. But that was the bummer part of it was like going, these sets are fucking amazing. Not to lean more on the on the BTS, but the BTS were there, what they're really calling it. Um, we put you in the movie. That's what I think the segment's called, where they had secondary, like almost like GoPro cameras, like mounted at different little locations while they're filming scenes. Right. So you got to see blocking and two of those little uh, henchmen that were on fire. And from the right angle, you can see them putting them out as soon as they went off camera. It was all those little things. If you were on set, you got to see all this stuff. And this is like one of the last BTSs I've seen on a disc that are like, that's, that really gives you some insight on how things looked, on how things were shot. Yep. No, 100%. You're absolutely right. I mean, it, I'm just going to say this is Alan Cameron was the production designer. And Alan right. Cameron has done uh, at least 15 movies that we talk about all the time. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to, he did Highlander. He did Willow. Air America, which I think we talked about recently. I don't know why, but we did. Oh, we were talking about, we were talking about Joel Silver movies. Correct. Far yeah. and Away. That was Ron's movie after Willow. Uh, he did Swing Kids, which we had talked about before when Whitney was on, mm -hmm. I think. Summer's Jungle Book. He did Showgirls, which we talk about every now and again. Uh, he did Starship Troopers, Tomorrow Never Dies, the both Mummy movies, Hollow Man, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Van Helsing, you know, he worked up until he passed away in 2017. Yeah. But man, I mean, the guy had an eye for fucking design. And it yeah. it really shows in this movie in the BTS. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's right. the only place. I mean, you can sort of see. I, you know, what's funny is uh, I, I would be curious because, I, you know, he was a Brit. I, was, I, would be, I would be curious because my thought, and I think I texted you this, while it doesn't have the universal, classic universal monsters, it does look like a Hammer film to me. It looks... Like the interior, when they're in the interiors, they, it looks like Hammer. It looks like, you know, all those 1950s Hammer uh, horror films. More than the Universal films anyway. Yeah. The castles and the windmill, those to me, the yeah. windmill feels more like classic Universal, but I, I agree with that. It's all Hammer stuff on the rest of it. I mean, like it's the interiors, the, the way it's lit... So the color choices, like the palette, you know, it just all sort of feels very hammered to me, which is cool. I, I, maybe that's because all the Universal film, most of those classic monsters are in black and white. I mean, I, I did. How did you feel about the black and white opening? Loved it. Yeah, I thought it was cool. They nailed it too, because the only difference between that and what you would have seen in one of the the old school movies is that it's wide and not four three. Yep. That's. I mean, that's literally it. Because it felt contrasty and it was the but it, and it was the right black and white it wasn't just black yeah. and white with contrast turned up it looked like it was shot back then yeah it was cool i i was uh, you know i for a minute i was like in my mind's eye i thought i had remembered it being four three and then opening up when it got to color but right. i was wrong maybe maybe that has to do with it maybe we just because we haven't seen a lot of you know we didn't see Creature from the Black Lagoon was color, but that's a whole different thing because that movie was when it came out. It was fifties when it came out, and it, and it looked it was they've played in the time period. But I think that the design of this movie and the costume design is sick. Like you had mentioned, they lifted uh, Van Helsing's hat <laughs> from a very well known uh, animated. Uh, I thought, dude, I thought the first Creature movie was black and white. It is. Uh, is it? 
Yeah, yeah. you're probably right. I mean, I don't remember. I mean, like, yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm, I was thinking, of, I'm sorry. I was thinking of uh, the one with Clint Eastwood as a lab assistant. That, but that one's black and white too, right? Aren't they all black and white? I don't know if they all are, but I know like the first couple are. Yeah. 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 So maybe there you go. Maybe all those movies are just, we don't know what they would have looked like in color because none of them were in color. I mean, maybe <laughs> Ted Turner could help us out. Thank God to fuck Ted Turner. <laughs> Stop it. Maybe he could help us out. Come on, Ted. <laughs> Why didn't you color those things? I want to see what color uh, John Talbot's pants are. Well, it's failed franchises, so let's go ahead and throw out the reason how big of it. Again, we, we we teased that this movie was, out of all the movies that we looked at, even the ones we pushed aside, this one was shit. They were talking sequels. Oh, yeah. They were talking trilogies, TV spinoffs. They were doing, they were all that while they were shooting it. It's like, you know, when you, back then, that's when you go in to pitch something. Yeah. And when they wanted, when you pitch something to somebody, they wanted to hear there was more than just the one thing that you were pitching. They wanted to know there was more things down the line. Right. And that's how this was. Now, when you're Steven Summers and you've already given them a franchise, two movies, that made, yeah. yeah. And, and a third and, one uh, away and, and spinoffs of the Scorpion King. And yeah. What did they get to? Like six movies? Like three straight to video and three theatrical? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. I think the last one had Jet Li, I think, right? Yeah, that was the last, that third, that was the, technically the third one. And that was the last one with Fraser in it. Yeah, it was that one. Yeah, Tomb of the Emperor. Yes, thank you. This was supposed to have so much, so much, but within days. Like, I don't even think it got to its second weekend before the sequel was, was scrapped, um, which is crazy because, but the thing is, it did not have a great opening comparatively. They, they were like, that's when the phrasing really started too. Maybe just a little bit before that where... Hey, that movie didn't open. It didn't make the money they thought it was going to make. It didn't open. What I found it was interesting trivia, again, DVD era, right? Still pre-HD disc. The, the first week of DVD sales, 65 million, which was more than half of what it made domestically at the theater. Total. Sure. That's, again, we talked about how the DVD window was everything. That kept everything afloat in the business. I'm like, if you didn't... If you, it was almost like theatrical was f advertising and whatever money you made off that for the DVD releases, all, all the better. Cause they knew everybody was going to make, they were going to make a fuck ton of money off the DVD sales. That's why that, that's why that phrase DVD window is everything. And that's why streaming fucked everybody. Well, that's also, it's why they put all that money in. It's why they put all that, you know, money into the stuff, the BTS. That's why you got all that great stuff on there. Right. You know, back because they were like, well, we've got to load up this DVD. You know, we've got all this stuff. And to them, it was all gravy at that point. Right. I mean, this movie, it's funny, cost $160 million to make then, right. grossed $120, which is funny because I remember at a point, man, if you're maybe we made $120 million, dude, you were happy as a motherfucker. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Right? Like, you know, it's, uh, it's wild. But yeah, this, this movie would be like, to me, this is the more than any of the other ones. Um, this is a failed franchise. Like this, yeah. this it's, you know, if you think about what could have been, right. It's all there. I mean, it's kind of a marvel to watch the movie too. I mean, that's one of the things I, I enjoyed the most about watching was just the sprawl and the scale of the movie. Right. You're not getting cheated. Right. The camera's always in the right place. Dude, like I, like I texted you the, 
the shots where uh, Carl and Van Helsing are riding, they're on horseback and they're riding across the mountains of Czechoslovakia right. mm-hmm. in the snow covered mountain where it looks like the great silence. I mean, those are some massive shots, man. Right. It's some, that's, you know, it's given scale to the movie. I feel like this, you know, at the time, scale wise, this is bigger than those, bigger than both mummy movies. It's just a big, big movie. Yeah. Unfortunately, we just didn't get another one. But out of all of them, I'd say, this and Dread were the two I would want another movie of. Dread, I just wanted to continue exactly with what they already had. Right. This, yeah. I would just like them to fix, you know, you know, and I'm sure they're all aware of what, you know, what they, what didn't work and why it didn't work. And if we got another version of Van Helsing, you know, we maybe we'd get the be- maybe we'd get the best version. But I don't, I don't dislike this movie. There's just, you know, it's just again, there's a lot of frustrating moments when you're watching it, but. Yeah. Right. I I think it was, I think it's a good time. Yeah. I would say, even if you wanted to rent this, don't rent it. Just pay the $5.99 by the Blu ray because the BTS are so worth your time. I was just going to say the same thing. It's definitely worth the $5. It's free free shipping. So it's $5 plus tax from Amazon. I looked it up and it's still five dollars. And I think the um the, the 4K dropped to ten bucks. It's nine ninety-eight. Oh, it didn't drop. Okay, that must have just happened because I last yeah, but because I ordered today. it. Today or yesterday. Well, okay. I got a notification from uh Amazon about something that's been and it's been in my cart forever. <laughs> but uh, you know, I was like, oh God. Oh, and, well, uh, look at that. Nine forty nine. Yeah. So look, if you want the four K and it's got all the same stuff on it. So, you know, right. for ten bucks. It's definitely worth it. That's the price of, you know, paying. It's not streaming anywhere. So, unfortunately, it was when we came up with this cockamamie <laughs> scheme of a month. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's on TBS and True TV and TNT. And I looked at all the apps and it's not on VOD. So, the only way you can, you can catch it on any of those apps is if you watch live TV. Right. On those apps. <laughs> nobody stupid. does. Who does that? Nobody. Unless I'm watching the news. Yeah. I mean, there's, we can go on and on about it. It's, it's, it, here's the thing about the movie. There's nothing out of the four movies. This is the one that surprised me the least. I knew what I was getting. I knew, you know, unlike the other, the first and the second, the first and the third movies, I hadn't seen. Well, that's not true. The first movie is only the one I hadn't seen. I hadn't seen Jonah Hex before. Right. But our, our original plan was every, this was the only movie I had seen from our original four. And things changed and changed and changed. And uh, this one right. is, is at least surprising of them. But this has been a solid month. And I'm glad you just happened to catch this movie and it kind of was a catalyst of why we covered the failed franchise. And I yeah. really think there's going to be lots of repeats of this because there's a couple of trivia moments in there with this movie with another failed franchise. And I'm not going to mention, and I intentionally didn't mention them because I guarantee you 100% it's going to be in the next time we do this theme because it was on our short list to begin with. Right. <laughs> and it was just a matter of shit. I don't have that. It's not streaming anywhere. This one, this one, that one was the least accessible out of all of them, but fucking Van Helsing is a good time, dude. It's like, it's, if you can just go into, I'm not saying go into it blindly. I'm just saying switch a little brain in your head and go, it's 20 Dude, years ago and sit down yeah. and watch it. A thing that you could do if you want to, I mean, I would just watch, you know, if you want to just do like a Stephen Summers, just go back and watch the first two Mummy movies and this. Right. You know, they're a damn good time. And, and it's a good reminder of what, you know, what big giant popcorn movies were at the beginning of the century. Right. We don't get a lot of them now. No, we don't. And it's funny 
they they were trying to do a series at one point too, where Hugh was going to show up once in a while playing Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. It just, I mean, it just never came together. No, there, there's the there's a little animated. There's a Van Helsing, the London Files, London Case. Is that what it's called? I think. Yeah. I remember there was an animated thing. I I think that came out like before the movie, right before the movie came out on Blu-ray or on DVD, maybe. Or I just remember it was a thing that popped up, not unlike those those. Uh, not unlike they do with the Matrix. Remember the, the animated Matrix? Uh, yeah, Animatrix. Animatrix. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, what was it called? Animated Matrix? Animate, Animatrix. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, man, it, it's, uh, but it is a good time. There's a lot of fun stuff in this movie. It far outweighs the, you know, the stuff that's not so good. I mean, we didn't even talk about the stuff that was uh, really bothersome because what's the point? There's no point. You're gonna watch it. And you're gonna see it yourself. You don't need. <laughs> yeah. You don't need me to point it out. Um, and and again, it doesn't. It doesn't it ruin the movie. I mean, no. it's just. It's just 2004. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the 2004 of it all. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, it's funny. There, there's one little. Here's one, one last little anecdote. Little trivia. When they were delivering the movie to theaters, it was listed back when you actually film cans were showing up in theaters. It was called. The, it said the Vatican detective on it. The Vatican detective. The fucking Ace Ventura of that. Van Helsing, Vatican detective. <laughs> yeah, kind of like it. God, dude, the Vatican detective. Good, get out of here. Although, you know, it's one of those goofy things. I could totally see him. Well, what can we call it so people don't steal the prints? <laughs> Vatican detective. Yeah, get it? He starts, he's hired by the Vatican. Um, yeah, man. Well, there you have it. There's Van, Van Helsing, 2004. Gabriel. My God. Gabriel. Man, hit those consonants a little harder, dude. Dude, he's so Count Chocula, it makes me laugh. It literally. Gabriel. He, he's Count Chocula and the Count from uh, <laughs> Sesame Street mashed together. Forget what I said earlier. Forget what I said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> the BTS, when he's on set, that fly on the wall stuff they're doing, he... You sit there and think he's just overstating the consonants like an ADR or something. Because you know with all the sound on the set, there's no way that, that that's his real audio from set. He's looped. No. But when you watch the BTS, you can hear him. He's yelling it exactly like that with that accent. It's so comical. Yeah. Which is the best thing about it. There's a lot going on. Thankfully, there's a lot going on because... Again, the least favorite thing about the movie, as far as the performance goes, are is for me is for drag is the Dracula perform his performance. I'm, I'm just I just don't think it's I don't know it's a little well, too it's much. not up to snuff. I mean, it's like right. you know, I I feel like you got, but maybe they went all in on the first two leads and they're just like, ah, eh, no one really. I mean, I, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It seems yeah. like a misstep for sure, but who knows? I mean, maybe he's. Maybe there's something we don't know about Richard Roxburgh that uh, you know we're overlooking, but I don't know that that's true. <laughs> Because I'm gonna say, other than Moulin Rouge, maybe maybe it was maybe it was Moulin Rouge that got in. I don't even remember him because I'm be honest, I've never gotten through Moulin Rouge. It's yeah, too much dude. for me. Yeah, I think I've said that before. It's just it, there's so much going on. I, I just there's so much visual noise. It it cancels me out when I try to watch it. But but think about this, man. This movie, yeah, this movie. He was also in Stealth the same year. Oh, Roxburgh. Yeah, there you go. I mean, look, dude, <laughs> like, stealth, is a, stealth is another movie. Like, <sighs> stealth is another uh, missed opportunity. 
<laughs> was it a missed opportunity or I just mean, a, a, a just a bad idea? I, do we have to do a whole month on bad idea, bad concepts? I, I could I could rattle oh. off four right now from 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 the early two thousands. Bad concepts that involve flying. There's lots of those movies. Firebirds. Um, <laughs> Dude, yeah. Firebirds would make it incredible to sing Cage because it's been so long since I've seen it. I could even remember anything about it. Oh, and it's been so long since anybody's seen it uh, that it would, it would be fit. It would totally work. If there, if there was a plus about stealth. It's this. Rob Cohen's. I like Rob Cohen as a director. You know what? He, what's he? What are you going to do though? But Joe Morton, man. That's. I mean, that, and yeah. I like Sam Shepard. When Sam Shepard gets a chance to act once in a while, and he's not too busy standing behind a camera writing everything i mean he's fun but anyway stealth 2005 <laughs> what's up check it out speaking of fail opportunities as you said josh lucas back to our josh lucas roots <laughs> oh my god josh lucas josh lucas there can only be one josh there can only be one all right well there you go there's our fail franchises for 2023 if you guys are on Patreon and you want to like throw some suggestions when this uh, episode is posted, go, go ahead and do that. You know, put some little notes in there, some ideas, some suggestions for fail franchises. And if you line up with any of the ones that we've already chosen, then we'll probably pick yours. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to follow us on the socials, it's at Karate Pod on Twitter, Insta, and Letterboxd. If you want to follow Corey on Letterboxd, it's Corey underscore Culp. And on Insta, it's Culper97. If you want to support the show on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash karatepod. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram. Or you could follow me at Count Vladislaus Dracula at Letterboxd. That's <laughs> Vladislaus uh, Dracula. Not Vlad the Impaler, just Vladislaus Dracula. Count Letterboxd. Gabriel! Gabriel! God. I took your life. <laughs> <laughs>